You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back. Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. Welcome back. Mo Moten, Scott Branson with you. We are talking Raiders football, as we always do Two times a week, soon to be three times a week. So make sure you subscribe below, uh, whether you're watching us on YouTube or you're listening to the podcast. There is a link below. We'll take you right to that. Make sure it's just delivered to your phone. That way you don't have to do it. That way, Tuesday, Thursday mornings on your way to work, you have us. You can queue us up in the car where you're on the train, you're on the bus. However you're getting to work, you can do it there. But we are back. We are talking Raiders football. And this segment, just like we did on Tuesday, Mo, you're out there creating trouble. You're out there. It's like you're, you're, you're swinging a chain and you got a brass knuckle on your left hand. You might have a knife in your back pocket. You're, you're out there. You're just ready to fight. So Mo wrote a piece up on sportsnot.com about the Raiders and the differences and how uh, the victim mentality. Now, I don't know that you I, I can't remember if you wrote that specific term in the story. I think you did. And, and, and you and I offline have talked a lot about this. And I've gotten into arguments with great fans, people who listen to this show, people I love. But I've gotten into arguments with them. And a lot of them throw back in my face. This is about penalties. This is about discipline. Uh, the show I did a couple years ago, and I actually had uh, the ethical skeptic, where he did the data to show that the Raiders were, that there was a bias against the Raiders. I still believe that some of his research is true. But when you look at what has happened with the Raiders in recent years, that seemed to have subsided. Are there bad calls against the Raiders? Yes. Are there bad calls in the NFL in almost every game? Yes. But you wrote about this and how under Josh McDaniels, last show we talked about how their image may change, right? No longer the outlaws, the bad, the, the bad boys, if you will. Now, this idea of, of bad penalties, which we saw a lot of last year, um, you talked about that and said, hey, guys, Josh McDaniels isn't going to, first of all, put up with that. They got guys running laps when they drop snaps. We heard that from Derek Carr last week, correct? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it's a different mentality under Josh McDaniels. Your piece and, and the fervor it created, explain what you meant there and why people need to understand that it is a very good thing. Well, people are saying, well, the Raiders are going to be penalized regardless of what they do because they're the Raiders. Al Davis had his back and forth with the uh, the NFL, so the NFL will always hold that above the Raiders' heads. So they're always going to be the most one of the most penalized teams in the league. And I push back on that because in that piece that you talked about under uh, in in John Gruden's first year, I believe the Raiders were 17th in penalties. I think they were 11th in penalized yards. So. Mm -hmm. Did the league give the Raiders a break during that year, John Gruden's first year back? I don't know. I think they're, 
you're as you said, there are always going to be bad judgment calls because officiating is an imperfect job, right? So you're you're using your judgment based on when to call holding, when to call pass interference. You know, the saying goes, you can call holding or pass interference on virtually every play. It's up to your discretion. What I'm talking about are the false start penalties. The the officials didn't make Alex Leatherwood or John Simpson jump off uh, false start. They didn't make any of the defenders jump off sides. That's that's on the players, and that's what I'm talking about. I think that's what Josh McDaniels is going to have this team cut down on when it comes to accountability and focus. When they're on the practice field and they screw up, as Derek Carr said, they make a mistake no matter whose fault it is on an exchange. Both guys have to run laps because it's all about attention to detail, and it's all about accountability. I believe Deron Harmon also said that. It's about accountability. So uh, when it comes to that, people are going to shift the blame over to officiating. And I would say there are penalties, and we saw this a lot last year. There were penalties where you cannot blame the rest for those. You, it's all on the player. And I think that's, again, what Josh McDaniels is trying to ingrain in these players, that you screw up, it's on you. Don't look to the next guy. Don't mm-hmm. look to the referees. Mm-hmm. Fix it and move on. And, and I think both, and you said this, I think you were having a conversation with somebody online, and I thought it was brilliant, which was both things can be true. Could the Raiders have had a bias against them in the past? Yes. You talked about Al Davis and that whole Maverick mentality mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Absolutely. Right. But could that have changed at some point? And I look at the numbers here, Mo. I'm, I'm looking down at my notes here. Last year, they were number two in penalties in the NFL. 124 penalties. 2020, they were number 10. In 2019, they were third. So out of the three years that John Gruden, I know he was fired early into last season, but still his staff, um, three of, of uh, two of the three years, they were top three and they were top 10 in all three years. Now you go to Jack Del Rio, 2018, 2017 under Del Rio, they were middle of the pack in 2018 at 17 and 2000. I'm oh, sorry. That was 18. Yeah. And 17, they were number nine. So they were top 10 and 17. So, so you can see that that it's not just the team. It has a lot to do with the coaching staff, the mood, the discipline. Uh, John Gruden was not just a disciplined. It, it, he, he seemed like a disciplined coach because he liked to yell and he, oh, he was Mr. Uh, rah, rah and all that kind of stuff. And he, he'd say funny things at the podium, but it didn't translate. And, and I was struck by, because as I was pulling sound and video for the show, I wanted to talk about um, offensive line. And Colton Miller, who we don't hear a lot from, by the way. I, I totally forgot even what his voice sounded like, Mo. Um, but Colton Miller talked about this, and I think this go listen to what he says here about mistakes they've made and the focus that they have in camp this year. I think it's very key. So here is Colton Miller. Um, you know, we want to uh, eliminate um, self-inflicted penalties, so try, we try to really focus in and uh, um, for our own accountability, you know, if we have a have an issue then you know we take take a lap um we don't say anything you know it's just next man up it's not you know stop practices and that just you know we just got to be more we we hold each other to a higher standard so we'll we're that's how we're trying to uh execute that hold each other to a higher standard right and one of the things i complained about on my show here when i was on raider nation radio and before that was that I always felt that John Gruden, even though his press conferences could be funny and you'd find little quips and moments, there was always a lot of excuses. And I'm any organization that you lead, I don't care if you're the editor at Bleacher Report that you report to, Mo, 
or if you're working in a factory or you're a construction guy on a site and you have a foreman, teams take on the personality of their leaders. And so I think while maybe these players didn't verbally make excuses, it clearly there was a lack of discipline. And you heard Colton Miller talk about accountability and dumb mistakes. And it's a focus for Josh McDaniels because he saw it. He inherited these guys. And so he clearly came in and he set a different standard. And the guys amongst themselves have also set a different standard. The fans can run with the whole conspiracy theory that no matter what the Raiders will be top in the league in penalties, but the players <laughs> and the coaches understand that you have to, you have to be accountable for your mistakes, false starts, offsides, personal fouls, uh, interference calls. You have to be accountable for that because no one's going to say, well, you know, throw your hands up. It's all the rest fault. It's not your fault. It's all the referee's fault. Don't worry about it. Because to me that not only is that a victim mentality, it's a loser mentality. Because what you're saying is, when I do wrong, it's not my fault. It's someone else's fault. It's their fault. It's his fault. It's her fault. No, you have to own up to your mistakes. And I think that's what, again, that's what Josh McDaniels is trying to do with his players. And a lot of people say, well, don't other teams do that? Run last when they make mistakes? And I, and I will answer and say, well, obviously the Raiders weren't doing it enough because you're hearing these Raider players come out and say, it's a new field because it's all about accountability now, which means that John, John Gruden hit staff weren't drilling them on that and at least not as much as josh mcdaniels and his staff are doing right now at training camp and trying to set a standard and you heard the s word that he, he said setting a standard a higher standard so what he's telling you is that there's a new sheriff in town and he's trying to establish a certain culture and a certain level of accountability and a certain standard level that they have to play up to before history is written it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Absolutely, and, and that's key because if you're going to build a winning culture, I don't, again, I don't care what business you're in, football or not. You have to set that, and they have to be very high standards. And no one, no one is exempt from that. I don't care if you're the richest, highest paid player on the team or you're a practice squad guy. Everybody has to be held to the same exact standard. And again, I remind people when people were worried, oh, the Patriot, I don't want that with the Raiders. It's not the Patriot way, actually. It is excellence. It goes back to what Al Davis actually talked about and, 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 and coined the phrase commitment to excellence. It is not accepting anything lower than the best. And, and that has to be a practice every day. That has to be in how your PR staff acts, how your front office staff with the new president acts. All that stuff has to be even. Okay, it has to be something that is ingrained in everyone in the building, whether they're on the field or off. The weight trainers, the, the, the equipment staff, the janitorial staff, it doesn't matter. You have to have that permeate your organization. Uh, another person we heard from, one of Raider Nation's favorite, I've always liked the kid. I think I actually had the first interview with him after he got drafted on our show back on CBS Sports Radio when we were on CBS Sports Radio. And uh, that's Brandon Parker. Brandon Parker, we've been hearing a lot of good buzz 
from camp again. Again, take it with a grain of salt because it's early and they just put the pads on. But Brandon Parker touches on it. He touches on this. And also what I like about this, and I think this might seem like a little bit of a divergent point, but it does go back to what we're talking about, Mo, which is Brandon Parker talked about criticisms of him and the offensive line and the fact that they hear it, right? That they hear it in social media. And I like what he says here, and I'll tell you why in just a minute, because um, it goes to discipline and a commitment to being the best. And here's uh, Brandon Parker. I just think, for one, way too many penalties, uh, way too many false starts last year. I hurt my team in that way. Um, and with the new staff coming in, we have a lap every false start we have, which helps kind of straighten up, you know. Uh, and then a lot of a lot of holdings, a lot too many sacks. Just and a lot of that stuff just finishing that last little bit. So that's what I've been trying to focus on, just finishing with better emphasis. Brandon, I know you were, were you hearing a lot on social? Were you like scrolling through, doom scrolling and trying to check? I wasn't seeing it a lot. Like it was not like if somebody was coming like, every day you suck. No, it wasn't like that. You know, but the, <laughs> the one, like the couple of times you get it and you you know, fans, sometimes you'll get it after a game. You'll get a, the random, oh, you suck. You know, meanwhile, you're blocking a Hall of Famer who's probably might make a play here or two. You know, that's just this nature of this game. So I just, I don't want to see that this year. You know, um, a lot of that is making sure they can't say that. But also if they feel like saying it, take away the way they can say it. There you go. Back to accountability. He That whole clip, and I'll get to the social media part in a second, but that whole clip, he says, hey, I had too many false starts. He took responsibility. And, and to hear that, Mo, this guy who's you know now a veteran and really trying to, again, develop to the point where he can play some more, because during the press conference, he talked about that too, how he's been in and out and he's played well at times and other times played horribly. Um He's taking responsibility for that because guess what? There's nothing less. But isn't that refreshing to hear that he's stepping up and saying, look, here's what I did wrong. He's telling the reporters, this is what I did wrong, and this is what I have to do to correct it. You know what I didn't hear him say? Hmm. The referees are picking on me. They hate the Raiders. <laughs> I, I don't know what, what I'm doing wrong. Yeah. No, these players know when they're screwing up. They know when it has to do with their technique. They know what they have to fix. And they're not blaming anyone for, for it. And they're not saying, well, I don't, I don't know what the problem is. The, these guys are, are coming into this and saying, coach me up, basically. And I'm sure you're hearing, they're hearing, you know, that dialogue is going on in the practice field. But again, they're not blaming anyone outside the building. The accountability is, the accountability is all within, internally. And I know you're going to get on the social media ramp. But before you do, I want to say, I think it's a good move that he got off of social media because the Brandon Parker commentary on Twitter is not good right now. No, and, and and for good reason, and he just said it a lot. Too many false starts, too many sacks allowed, uh, too many holding calls. So he's got to be able to fix that. And maybe then after he does, and he, he you know gets a Pro Bowl or becomes a solid star, he can get back on social media, and everyone will cheer him again. And I understand that. And you're right. Does he deserve criticism based on his play? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No, uh, he would agree. He would agree with that. He, in fact, he said it right there. He even expanded on it uh, in parts of the press conference that we didn't play for you. And, and I get that, but a couple things, and my, my social media rant here is, I know some players are very active, including a former player with the Raiders, Damon Arnett, who lost his job because of it and now is in jail again for other reasons, but clearly has just gone off the rails. But I, two things. One is, why are reporters constantly asking players about social media? I, I, I don't understand it. Like, why do you hear in social media? Who cares? And I'm not, I'm not necessarily criticizing the reporter because a lot of reporters who I respect 
and have more experience than I do ask about it. It's part of our lives, but I think it shows it shows the societal addiction to it. And if I'm a player and and you heard Derek Carr go off on a reporter earlier in the week, basically because of social media uh, and asking why he cares and why he listens. So to me, I know it's the public square, so to speak, but I think under, under this staff as well, not only are the players smart to say, you know what? Yeah, I'm not going to pay attention to it anymore. I think maybe there's an undercurrent in that building that says, listen, if you're going to take part in it, Josh Jacobs and others, fine, but you better watch what you say and you also better hold each other accountable and don't worry about what John in Dallas, Texas, who's been a Raider fan since whenever, <laughs> is going to call Brandon Parker a stiff and that you suck and that, you know, I hope you get cut tomorrow. Like they have to they have to get that out of their heads because to win a Super Bowl, you have to remain ultimately focused. I've said this the past few years, and I felt like now Derek Carr could do what he wants his mm -hmm. social media account. And I know Derek Carr, he will block you in a second. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he's blocked reporters, he's blocked a lot of fans. But I just think for the most part, if if I'm a player and I and I don't want to hear criticism throughout the year from people who can't do what I do, I would either get off the of social media or I would just be able to to just tune it all out get to a point where you're like, all right, if it's not positive, if it's not constructive criticism from someone I respect, then I don't want to hear it. I'll block. You know, I think that's the approach Derek Carr has now, but I think if he has to, if Derek Carr gets to a point where he consistently listens to the outside noise, he should go the, he should go the Brandon Parker route. Now, of course he's a lot better player at his position, of course. but if he's going to be sensitive to the criticism, just, just forget social media. If, even if you want to just get on the social media for the off season and then get off of it during the season, I know a lot of players do that. They'll get off during the season while they're in play. Mm -hmm. I think that's the best mode to just lock in. And I know LeBron James used to do this during the playoffs specifically. Right. But in a, in a six in the seventeen game season, you can do without social media for four or five months and get back on it in the off season if that helps you focus. Sure. And guys have business interests, which they use social media to sell. They have sponsorships. They have brands that they're pushing, all that kind of stuff. So I understand it. I'm not saying that you should that players should never be on social media, but I think that that, that focus, that accountability is something that's huge. And if you guys are really going to make a run at a championship, then they need to focus on what is important. And some guy who's just a fan who gets emotional because fans get, I get emotional as a fan, you know, that, that happens. They're going to say things that they would never say to your face. Right. And we get that. And so yeah. it's just refreshing to hear. And again, I defended Derek Carr when he said he blocked people. Cause I'm like, okay, if you're going to be on social media and you want to keep it positive, then you got to block out that stuff. Right. Cause that, that guy's never played quarterback mm -hmm. in the NFL. So he might criticize you but it's not going to help you get better. So, so I've, I've defended him on that. And in this case, I like him, uh, Brandon Parker going a little bit cold Turkey. All right. We're up against our second break. When we come back, uh, we are going to delve into the world of fantasy football. Yes. The silver and black today. Fantasy football league is here. We have a full league. We had such heavy response and I'm sorry. We couldn't get everybody. We might end up doing a second league for some of you guys. We'll get back to you on that one. But we have 12 teams to unseat Mo, to teach him a lesson, to give him some humble pie, and to join us to talk about that because he's part of it. And he's going to come on during the season and talk about fantasy football is my old broadcast partner, Kelly Kreiner. Uh, Kelly's going to come on after the break. We're going to talk about the league. It'll be fun, I'm sure. And then we're going to meet 
the people in the league. We've got a special video for you to introduce you to that. So don't go anywhere, Raider Nation. We are going to be back here on Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast.